Island Seafoods was founded in 1986 by the O'Donnell family in Killybags and it now processes a range of pelagic fish bound for China, Japan, Europe and Africa. In this interview, we speak to Business Development and Marketing Director Michael O'Donnell about what the company has learned exporting to the Middle East. So obviously we're particularly interested in the Irish companies that are exporting to the region, what they're exporting, um, how they're finding it, um, and then any key learnings that they have from it. So uh, my father started the business about 30 years ago, uh, 1986, so 30, 1935, I suppose. Um, and he started off when we buy fish from the boat. Yeah. And then we process it here at the factory and um, we ship it out then to different con- countries, you know, and this is the bulk pelagic stuff. So it will be 20 kg blocks of different types of fish, you know, you get mackerel, herring, horse mackerel, blue white, and, and some sprats as well. Okay. And then um, we would ship that out to different places like China, Japan, mainland Europe, Africa. Um, that would be mainly it. Mainland Europe would be one of the one of the main ones. And then we also do secondary processing, which would be macro fillet, um, food service packs, different bits and pieces we do, um, salted heron, 10 kg tubs of salted heron, we do them out for Ramadan, out to Iraq and Iran and uh, Palestine. Okay. So there's a couple, a couple of different elements to the business. And then 10 years ago, I suppose, uh, 20 years ago or 20 plus in 2000, I joined the hotel, kind of when I was younger working the business, but full time I joined in 2000. And um, then... Uh, we were kind of working away on the, the bulk stuff that we always done and kind of opening new markets and new products. And then we decided in 2008 to start working on a retail brand. So in um, 2009, we launched the Galapagos Treasures, which was kind of um, a seafood brand. We wanted to bring seafood kind of into the 21st century mm-hmm. and add nice kind of glazes and spices and things like that to, to fish to have something different that wasn't done before in markets. But we knew going into the market as a new brand wasn't going to be easy. So that's when we came up with the idea of adding glazes and flavors to things that, you know, that you wouldn't see in markets and that we kind of give you a point of difference. But also we wanted to make things as kind of people were growing or the younger generation were growing. They weren't bringing kind of seafood with them. Yeah. We wanted to kind of make that connection between the two and be able to, for them to have a convenience element, which they would be able to kind of, rediscover seafood in that way, if you know what I mean, and find out that it's not, you know, hard to kind of do, mm-hmm. it's not hard to, um, you know, work with. Now we, it's hot smoke, so they can eat it cold in a salad or something like that, but they can also have it hot. People heat them up, yeah. put them in like a potato or, you know, with their dinner or mm-hmm. with veg and whatever. And it was also the healthy element of it as well, that, you know, they're still eating healthy, but yet they're eating kind of, Flavored food would be nice and kind of it makes them feel like they're having a treat, but yet they're eating it as, as my father calls it, it's kind of like a healthy fast food. You know, other smokers in Ireland kind of depend on people like us that buy from boats and you know supply bulk. Yeah. So I suppose our point of difference was we were the first and second point of contact. We were buying direct from the boat, so we had our quality manager on the floor all the time, and they were picking out the best quality stuff and testing it to make sure that. That content was just right for the smoking and everything else, and the nutritional was okay, and everything you know it was high in what it needed to be in, you know, omega three and six and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they were picking the best quality stuff going through, so we could actually hand pick from the boats the best quality to smoke, and that's probably our point of difference or what makes us you know stand out a wee bit different to everybody. <laughs>
So, so then we, when people, because you smoke certain higher fat content fish and things, the taste and the texture, you'll notice the different taste that texture is a bit oilier and it gives a better kind of a texture when you're eating the fish and everything else. So people were getting that, people were seeing the flavors, getting that idea. And then they were like, oh, well, we need now, can you do a plain for us and a pepper? So with that ethos of the brand of bringing it into the 21st century, we didn't want to just come out then with a plain and pepper smoked mackerel. So instead of a plain, we, instead of an oak smoke, which you would usually get, we smoked it then with uh, maple wood. Mm-hmm. So we launched a maple wood smoked mackerel, mm-hmm. which is our plain smoked mackerel. And then for the peppercorn, everybody was always cracked black pepper. And so what we done was we used mixed peppercorn or, you know, the four seasons peppercorn. And that's what we use it for our plain and peppered smoked mackerel. So then we ended up with four products on market. And then we, from there, we kind of bought over a company that was a, uh, a girl who we were producing the product for, and then she wanted to kind of bow out of it, so we said we would buy over the company it was for. It was a company called Silver Darlings, and we changed it and then to our own brand stuff under Atlantic Treasure brand again, and that was a marinated herring product. So there's four different flavors in that, so we're still bringing in that ethos of flavors and making it easy for people to eat because it was ready to eat and everything. And there's four different flavors in that. There's a fine balsamic vinegar, there's a dill and onion, uh, there's a mustard and tarragon, and then there's a star anise, cumin mm-hmm. and lemon, and they're all yeah. marinated herring. Okay. Four products of mackerel and four products of herring. So about five years after we launched, we actually got into um, a company that would have been, well, I suppose the name of the company now is Premier Brands International. the cultural understanding that um, yeah. an Irish yeah. company would and I need. Think, I think for anybody starting out, you need that. It's very, very hard to get into a market like um, Dubai or the UAE in general, unless you have you know somebody in the market that knows what they're talking about. You know. Do you see opportunities there, given that you're processing? There's definitely opportunities. I, I think the, the UAE is a quite welcoming market to Irish product, okay. but it's also quite um, interested in other products throughout Ireland and that's not just in the secret sector but other things as well. I think their, um, I suppose their demographic would be, would be big. It kind of, I suppose it's becoming more and more westernized but it seems to be quite um, open to those 
type products, you know, the new kind of, if you want to say, more 21st century, you know, kind of flavors and glazes and things like that. Yeah. You, see a, you know, even if you go on to different online stores over there, you see a lot more and more of those kind of products popping up, you know, and I think there's an opportunity there for a lot of Irish, you know, Irish or suppliers or Irish manufacturers to kind of get into those markets. It's getting, I suppose, to start with getting the right agent and getting the right person on the ground over there, if you know what I mean, and that's where the likes of PBI or someone else can help, you know, they're, they're great for that. Mm. And why do you think um, the the region is so welcoming? I think Irish, Irish food, but Irish seafood in general, throughout the world, not just in the UAE, has a good reputation as being quite premium. Right. And the quality will be quite good. And I think that Borbia would do a great job of promoting Irish seafood throughout the world, but in the UAE especially, and they put a lot, they pump a lot of money into that. Yeah. And I think that it, it gives a kind of a, it gives the consumer a kind of a, for want of a better word, a kind of a, an idea, a, a generous idea that what they're buying is the best of what they can get, you know what I mean? And I think that helps. Borbia in general, they're well respected throughout the world as being quite good at marketing, good at um, being able to tell the Irish food story. Mm-hmm. And I think that it shows in every show, in every trade show you go to, where Borbia would have a presence, or it just it makes a big, big difference because the professionalism kind of outshines a lot of other, you know, countries or whatever. So it makes a big difference that way, you know. And I suppose the fact that your, you know, your your company is thirty years in business and it's a family-run business, did that have a little bit of sway as part of the Irish messaging when your your agent took your company to 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 retail over there? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's an Irish fellow that owns the company, mm-hmm. um, so I think we had met him at a show and he liked the products. He tried the products. And he thought the story itself, I mean, when we would attend trade shows or attend anything, it's always been myself and my father, if you know what I mean. So I think mm-hmm. that kind of comes across. And I suppose it was a good selling point. I think family is always a good selling point when you see them throughout the business and see them kind of joined at the hip when they're, when they're, you know, meeting people and everything else. They know, they understand that it's not just kind of pie in the sky kind of stuff. It's actually kind of there and it's, it is kind of true. It's not like for a wrote down a paper to be pretended, if you know what I mean. Yes. So I think they, I think they kind of understood that, and they, you know, I think they like those stories, those kind of, you know, when you get a lot of kind of roughing and market and stuff built around kind of a kind of a soft story. But if you can see it, kind of the person there and that they are meeting, the, you know, father and son kind of thing, mm-hmm. I think that helped, if you know what I mean. Were there challenges? Based in going into the region, what what did you find was a big or even a yeah? Well, I'll tell you. I suppose for us, it was the realization that we needed an agent was yeah. more more what the problem was because we had gone to markets and we had gone out there and kind of done our store audits and tried to meet the people and Quite but around. there was nothing like knowing somebody on the ground and I think that was one of the things that we had to realize that we're not going to be able to do this without you know what we suppose as well that we're a smaller business, like we wouldn't have the budgets or the, you know, the time to be able to kind of pump in a lot into it. Mm-hmm. So for us to find that agent, to find the right agent, the right person was kind of, you know, our first, maybe last step 
reference phone that we needed, if you know what I mean, because they were able to handhold us. But we had done, we had done our research. We knew the product would work in market. We knew we had met with people who were interested. We met with people who were wanting to kind of talk with us and stuff. So we mm-hmm. had passed them leads on then to the agent when we got the agent. But it was just a matter of we wouldn't have known between taxes, duties, labeling. It just was too much of a, too much to kind of try and, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so that's why, that's how we ended up with how we ended up. So it was great that we got, you know, PBI to do that for us. Yeah, okay. so we have another company, Albatross Seafoods, that would smoke a lot of salmon for the Irish market. Okay. And um, I think what our next step here will be is taking a look to see can we get some salmon products into um stores. Yeah. Okay. And that'll be kind of the next because that is, I mean, once as the hard part was getting the mackerel in because mackerel isn't as well known as salmon, but then again, the salmon market's quite flooded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Producers or whatever. So our next thing now will be as we build our name over there and people recognize the brand. That now it'll be kind of moving into the the other products, you know. 